0: Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. Well, grab your Bibles if you would tonight. Grab your Bibles. Let's turn to the book of Amos. The book of Amos. So Lord, help me to communicate this very effectively, Lord. Just keep me right in the pocket, right where you want me, Lord. Right where you want me. May this message carry such weight of your presence Lord such weight of your word weight of the anointing tonight in the name of Jesus Lord let your word just be so rich and Holy Spirit we just ask you even now that you would surpass what I'm able to say and what I'm able to articulate in the natural Holy Spirit we just we pray now together that you speak and you release words of life Words of life into the house and into the men of God and women of God, those online tonight, those that will watch this days from now, weeks from now, in Jesus' name, amen. Book of Amos tonight, I'm in Amos chapter 3. Book of Amos chapter 3, I'm going to begin to read in verse 7 and 8 tonight. I want to speak to you tonight really concerning Amos and not Amos Yoder, who Amos is here in the house tonight, but Amos the prophet, Israel's prophet, Judah's prophet, and I want, to sp- I want to speak to you tonight about becoming the burden bearer, and I want you to take some notes tonight. Would you do that? I want you to take some notes, listen well tonight, but I want to speak to you about really how to become the burden bearer of the Lord, because that's what Amos's name literally means. Burden bearer. So I want to speak to you tonight concerning those lines. How to handle and how to carry the heart of God. And then I want to speak to you concerning God's plumb line this evening. I'm going to stay right in the pocket with the Holy Spirit. I don't feel like I'm really going to thunder and preach this message. I just feel like I'm supposed to, well, I'm just going to release it. How about that? How about that? Amos chapter 3, verse 7 and verse 8. Surely the Lord does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. A lion has roared. Who will fear? Who will not fear? The Lord has spoken. Who cannot prophesy? Oh, let's read it together again. Surely the Lord does nothing unless He reveals His secret to His servants, the prophets. A lion has roared. Who will not fear? The Lord has spoken. Who can but prophesy? Wow. What is He saying here? He says, when you hear the sound... Of the lion, when you hear the sound of the roar, when you hear the sound of our Lion King, you will not be able to help yourself but to proclaim his word. The roar of the Lord will become so alive within you, it will so get you pregnant with his word that you become a voice and you too begin to thunder. Are you with me? When I was a boy, adolescent age, I remember when this word was going down into my spirit about the Lord reveals his secret things to his, his servants, the prophets. And I remember kind of really a fascination, 11, 12 years of age, just kind of whirling around with that. And. I didn't ask the Lord to be a prophet, but I did ask the Lord to talk to me and that he would share things with me and that I would be his friend, and that he would speak to me. And I I desired God to share secrets with me. I desired a relationship and a friendship with God in such a way that he would speak to me. And I know most of you in this room feel exactly that way. Amen. Jesus does something, and put it in your notes tonight. It's in John 15. I didn't give the scripture to you guys in the back. But in John 15, Jesus says, "I, I no longer call you servants. And why am I drawing attention to this? Because God says, in the earth, I don't do anything unless I reveal it first to my servants, the prophets. Then Jesus does something radical in the new covenant. And he says, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends because servants really don't know what the father's will or his intentions are. But I call you friends so that you can share in that portion and that you will know what he is doing. Amen. He said, no longer do I call you servants for a servant does not know what his master is doing. I call you friends for all things I have heard from my father. I have made known I've made known to you. Meaning God desires to speak with you, meaning God is actually always speaking, but it requires friendship with God to hear him. Are you with me tonight? I want to talk to you a little bit about Amos. This is important. What does his name mean? Write it down tonight. It means burden bearer. Prophets uniquely carry the burden of the Lord specifically for nations, Let me say that again. Prophets uniquely carry the burden of the Lord, specifically for nations. What is is the burden? Okay, this is this is very important as we're laying a foundation tonight. The burden of the Lord is actually when God lays his heart upon your heart. Now we've had a lot of teaching in the body of Christ about the laying on of hands. We did that tonight. There was a new girl up here tonight and I just whispered in her ear. She's brand new here. I've I've never prayed for her, but I whispered in her ear so that she would know. I said, you don't have to worry about anything up here. You'll never be pushed down in this church. I'm just going to pray for you. That's important. That's important. My point is this. There's been a lot of teaching about the laying on of hands, but what I'm talking about is the laying on of hearts. It's when God lays his heart upon yours. If you are going to become a man or a woman that's going to be a burden bearer, you're going to be someone who cares about the heart of God. I've talked about this long and hard the last four years of this church, since this church was birthed. There's a big difference between just loving the presence of God And loving the heart of God. And I I know, I I understand that some people may think, man, you're really splitting hairs on that. And it may even bother some people. I don't say it to be provocative. I don't say it to bother people. But I'm telling you, we've seen a lot of people in the church for a long time love the presence of God and then go out of the presence of God and live like a yo-yo. We've seen a lot of people love the presence of God, then find them down in bars downtown Sarasota. I'm not kidding. You have to be a person who loves the presence of God, but also cherishes the heart of God. Someone who's in a covenant doesn't just love, Doug doesn't just love Monica's presence, although he does, and Monica has a wonderful presence about her. And the church said, well, well, sure. Doug loves her presence, but he's in a covenant with Monica. And what that means is when you're in a covenant, you love the heart of that person. You don't just love their presence. You don't just love how they make you feel. You love their heart. You protect their heart. Do you see the difference? Amos was a burden bearer. It's where the Lord shares his heart with an individual. Where the Lord can actually start sharing his feelings. Wow, uh, Brian, really? Yeah, I want you to contemplate that tonight. That God has feelings. That's right. That's why the Bible says, do not quench the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. God has feelings. You need to write it down tonight. God has emotions. God has emotions, men. God has feelings. God has dreams. God has intentions. God has burdens. Burdens that He shares. I grabbed this right out of the first book that I wrote, Unstoppable and Unquenchable Fire. The the Cry of intercession. That comes from you is according to the weight and the burden that grieves you. Did you grab a hold of that? The cry of intercession that comes from you is according to the weight or the burden that grieves you. How does that happen? It comes through friendship with God. It comes through friendship with God. See, Jeremiah. We're going to get to Amos, but Jeremiah, he's known as the weeping prophet. But he was an ordinary man until he encountered the weeping God. And the weeping God shared and laid his heart on Jeremiah's heart, and he shared his intentions and his purpose and his dream, and he shared with Jeremiah, this is what I'm grieved about. This is what is grieving my heart. And I want to share with, this Jer- with you, Jeremiah. And when he shared with Jeremiah, Jeremiah became the weeping prophet because he encountered the weeping God. Hear this tonight. What happened to Jeremiah was when he encountered God this way, he started viewing and understanding the gravity of life much different. And there's such a superficial, surfacey place about much of the church culture in America, even in this crucial time. There's such a shallow, superficial pool that goes on in the church. And sometimes I honestly wonder at times, I wrestle in myself, my God, Lord, can you really find a people who you can really burden? burden of the Lord. I I, I want to say this. Oh, Lord, how do I say this? See, when you start talking like this, you, you need to beware. You need to beware because if you're a person that just wants to hurdle over the burden of the Lord and get to the good stuff, you're missing it. If you're a person who just wants to hurdle over the burden of the Lord to get to the good stuff, you're missing it. You don't get to the grace of God without going through the cross. You don't get the grace of God without going through repentance. Come on, church. You don't get grace until you go through the hard place of repentance. Grace is a gift. And it's to be celebrated. It's not to be abused. But you don't get there without going through the blood, without going through the cross. You can't hurdle over the cross so that you can get to your inheritance. burden bearer. I don't know if you're going to be courageous tonight. I don't know if you're going to be bold and say, God, make me a burden bearer. I don't know. I pray you will. I pray you will. Prophets are not caught up in small little scuttlebutt. Now I'm going to tell you what that means in the Greek and in the Hebrew and Aramaic in a little while. Scuttlebutt. Put that in your notes. Don't you lose track of it. It's powerful. Prophets, prophets are caught up in their friendship with God. And when they're caught up in their friendship with God, God takes them to a heavenly vantage point and He lets them see a landscape far greater. They're obsessed with what God is obsessed with. Oh, you got to hear this tonight. See, God is obsessed with tribes tribes. God is obsessed with people groups. God is obsessed with the the first nations people of the United States of America. Can I get an amen? Come on, church. Can I get an amen in here? There is a reformation that God is obsessed about right now coming to America. There is a reformation that God is obsessed about coming to America. That's why the enemy is doing everything he can right now to try to take down this beloved nation. He will not succeed. How? Amos. Write this down. Amos is the first. He's the first of those called the writing prophets. Writing prophets. He prophesied during the time of King Uzziah and King Jeroboam. Now Amos is from the southern kingdom. Let's let's do some tracking here. The southern kingdom is called Judah. Everybody shout out Judah. The northern kingdom was called Israel. Shout out Israel. Now we know that Jesus was from the tribe of what? He was from the tribe of Judah. This is the lion tribe. Come on, somebody shout lion tribe. Do I have any lions and lioness in, in the house tonight? <laughs> there you are. You're in the right house. So Judah was to the south. Israel was to the north. Put this in your notes tonight. Look at it later. 1 Kings chapter 12. I'm going to give you several scriptures I'd like you to actually grab during your time of reading this coming week. 1, 1 Kings chapter 12. The northern kingdom was ruled under a man named Jeroboam. And with natural eyes, historical eyes, when it came to Jeroboam, he was a very successful militant leader for Israel. He generated, Jeroboam generated lots of natural wealth, lots of finances for the nation. Uh, He led with phenomenal war strategies as well. But here's the catcher, okay? Through the eyes of God to the heart of Amos, it was a completely different story. While everyone else was obsessed with his military wit and his his financial wit and his ability, God was looking through another lens. And he had to tell the prophet what was really going on. Something completely different. Jeroboam's leadership actually led the nation into apathy. He led the nation into idol worship. And we're going to get into that in just a moment. He led the, wor- the, the nation into sexual immorality. He led the nation really into major injustice against the poor. And what I'm, what I'm doing, I'm painting broad strokes throughout the book of Amos for you right now. And I encourage you to read those nine chapters this week. The Bible tells us this. It tells us that Amos, he lived amongst a group of shepherds in the city of Tekoa. Now, where is Tekoa? It's a small little town. It's approximately 10 miles south of Jerusalem. Now, what's interesting, Amos makes it very clear in his writings. This is, this is interesting. I'm in Amos 7 now. Go there. Amos 7. This is what he makes clear about himself. He talks about a self. He, he says, I, I didn't come from a family of prophets. He didn't even consider himself to be a prophet. Isn't that interesting? That, that Amos, he didn't even consider himself to be a prophet. Now, listen to this meager r- resume that Amos has here. This is a powerful portfolio. This is what he says about himself. Amos chapter 7 verse 14 and 15. But Amos replied, I'm not a professional prophet. I was I was never trained to be one. I'm just a shepherd. I take care of the sycamore fig trees. <laughs> but the Lord called me away from my flock and told me, "Go prophesy to the people in Israel." Oh, you got to grab hold of that. I'm not a professional prophet. I was never trained to be one. I'm just a shepherd. Do you see his humility? I'm just a shepherd. Look at these words, powerful words. I take care of sycamore fig trees. But the Lord called me from my flock, and he told me, go and prophesy to my people in Israel. I want you to grab hold of this. I want you to catch this afresh tonight. When the lion roars, who can but prophesy? When the lion roars, who can but prophesy and speak his word? I want to tell you again. God is raising up shepherds after his own heart. In this hour, you hear me online tonight. God is raising up shepherds after his own heart. And they're not just shepherds that stand behind pulpits in a sanctuary. You don't have to have a pulpit in a sanctuary to validate that you're a shepherd. God is raising up shepherds after his own heart who are actually going to become national deliverers. That's exactly what he did with Moses. Moses was out shepherding the flocks of Jethro until God tapped him and said, "Uh, look over here. Look into my fire. Turn your head. Look into my fire. Let me say some things to you. Because when the lion roars, who oh, can I prophesy? See, if you're going to become a friend of God, a real friend of God, it's not going to be all sweet. That's why I like to say around here victory's about no hype, no gimmicks, real Jesus. Because if, if you become a burden bearer, God's going to share things with you that are going to hurt you. God's going to start sharing things with you that are going to keep you up at night. And Lord knows how the church insulates themselves from the heart of God so much on that because they just want to say God is in control. And the reason they want to say God is in control is because they're lazy. And they don't want to bear up underneath a responsibility to do anything. But the church that Jesus is building that the gates of hell aren't going to prevail against, are going to be the friends of God. They're going to become the burden bearers. They're going, to, they're going to let the Lord talk to them. They're going to let the fire of the Lord keep them up at night. They're going to let the Lord teach them how to pray through the night for America. Pray through the night for Governor DeSantis. Pray through the night for Florida. Pray through the night for Ukraine. I wonder, I wonder, can God burden us? And I know it's strong. I'm just a shepherd. I take care of sycamore fig trees. But the Lord called me away from my flock. When you hear the Lord thunder, when you hear the roar of the Lion King thundering, You will become a voice for God. You will become a voice for God. I'm not guessing at this. I'm living in this experience. There's no way in the world I would even be a messenger for the Lord unless I heard the sound of his roar. And this is how it happens. I want to declare over you tonight. I just want to take a moment, step back from some of this. I want to declare over you and I want to prophesy over you right now that this year many of you are going to hear the Lord in a more pronounced, amplified, profound way in your life. And when you do, you're not going to be able to hold back that bubbling up of prophecy within you. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean God's calling you to be a prophet. There's a difference between being prophetic and being and walking in the stature and the mantle of a five fold ministry gift prophet. Okay? Did everybody hear that? But many of you are going to be hearing the Lord much stronger and more amplified this year. We've got another fast coming up. I know what happened in the first fast. We've got another fast coming and you know what's amazing people are excited about it they're ready for it you know why they want to hear the Lord they want to be with the Lord and you're going to be roaring <laughs> roaring I want to give you some more texture and context to the story tonight Amos connection want you grab hold of this thought tonight Amos has a connection with the simple life of the people He understands the very simple essence of life with the people. And and how we know this is because if you start reading the prophecies of Amos, you see it in a thread. He has such compassion for the voiceless. It's kind of like the prophetic voices right now in 2022 that are crying out for the justice of the unborn. Those that have no voice. Amos starts crying out because God starts putting within him. He's, I want to put it in my terms. Amos, I can hear the cry coming up out of the people. And now I'm going to open the ears of your heart, and I'm going to start letting you hear it. And I'm going to lay my heart on you, and I'm going to let you start feeling it. And when you do, you're going to start carrying this burden. Are you with me? Historically, the Bible tells us throughout the, <clears throat> this time of Amos, there was great prosperity, great prosperity. It's under the, the king of Uzziah, King Jer- uh, Jeroboam. But unfortunately, don't miss this point. You might want to write it down. The people of Israel, they actually misinterpreted prosperity as a sign of God's blessing. You need to let that sink in. This is a big point. I'm going to say it again. Unfortunately, the people of Israel, they misinterpreted prosperity as a sign of God's blessing. Well, wait a second, Brian. You just prayed prosperity over. I know that. I'm talking about these people. Okay? (laughs) Stay with me. (laughs) Stay with me. Now, Israel and Judah... They have reached this, at the time of Amos, they've reached this new political high, new military favor, new military heights now. But spiritually, they're at an all-time low. And that's what God is speaking to Amos. They're boasting in their strength. They think they have it all. They've got prosperity, but they don't even have me in their midst. It sounds familiar, doesn't it? The rich were living in luxury. The poor were being oppressed. And here's the kicker. Immorality was widespread throughout Israel. Sounds much like America. The rich were living in luxury. The poor were completely oppressed. And sexual immorality ran rampant. You know, it's amazing to me. In the last two years. Amazing. As the Holy Spirit is issuing, you hear me, those of you online, the Holy Spirit has been issuing the greatest altar call on planet Earth. And yet people are arrogantly and boastly and pridefully coming out everywhere to indulge in their sexual immorality. And entire movements are demanding that we bow down to their golden calf and worship it. I'd like to ground those golden calves up and make them drink it. That's Bible. That's Bible. I said that's Bible. Don't miss the point. Here's the point. In the era of Israel, the judicial system is now completely corrupted. You study the book of Amos. You study it. Read Amos. The judicial system is completely corrupted. Wow. Wow. So what happens? Here's the point. Amos travels to the city of Bethel. Where does he travel to? City of Bethel. He has a major prophetic assignment, and I'm in chapter 7, verse 7. And now he is sent by God, and God is about to tell him about something. This is the plumb line. You see that? It's the plumb line. God gives him a very clear word. He says, I'm going to measure everything. I'm going to measure everything according to my plumb line. Vertically and horizontally. And no one's going to escape my alignment or my measurement. Strong stuff. Strong stuff. How many of you remember that word that Steve gave over me and Bryn here? Thus he showed me, behold, the Lord stood on the wall made with a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a plumb line. And then the Lord said, behold, I am setting a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel, and I will not pass by them anymore. The high places of Isaac shall be desolate, and their sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste. I will rise with the sword against the house of Jeroboam. And Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent to Jeroboam, king of Israel. Amos has conspired against you in the midst of the house of Israel. The land is not able to bear up all his words. For thus Amos said, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel shall surely be led away captive from their own land. And Amaziah, who is he? He's the priest of Bethel. He says to Amos, who's he? He's the prophet coming from Judah, right? Listen to what he says. Go, you seer, you prophet. Go, flee to the land of Judah. There eat bread, and there prophesy. But never again prophesy at Bethel. For it is the king's sanctuary. And it is, the, it is the royal residence. You see what he's saying? He's saying, you're not in your territory, Amos. Are you seeing it? He's saying, you don't have any jurisdiction here, Amos. You don't have any authority to be saying what you're saying over here, Amos. Are you with me? He's saying, Amos, who, who made you the new sheriff in town? <laughs> then Amos answered and he said to Amaziah, I was no prophet, nor was I the son of a prophet. I was a sheep breeder and a tender, a tender of sycamore fruits. But then the Lord took me from my flock and the Lord said to me, Go and prophesy to my people Israel. Now, I want you to catch this. He's in a very humble place. All he's doing is being obedient to the voice of the Lord. And I want to say over you tonight, Victory, be obedient to the voice of the Lord. When you hear the Lord roar, say what He tells you to say. Do what He tells you to do. Don't look for consensus. Don't be calling everybody and trying to get everybody else's approval. If you hear from the Lord. Oh, if you hear from the Lord, do what he says. This is interesting. I love this rebuke, but I love the prophet's humility and his response. I'm walking in the word of the Lord. You may think I'm out of out of my lane. You may think I've lost my head. You may call me arrogant. You may call me boastful or prideful. You call me whatever you want. But I'm saying to you, God told me to come to Israel and prophesy. Remember, he's coming up out of the south, out of Judah to Israel. I want to give you a few broad strokes right now, an overview of the nine chapters of Amos, and then I'm going to narrow the scope down and we're going to hit it hard. Are you still with me? Well, that was half. Number one, this is what you discover in the book of Amos. You discover that God was not pleased with them breaking his covenant with him. God was not pleased with them breaking covenant with him. Number two, you find out that God's patience was exhausted. I'm going to say that again. When you read the book of Amos, what you discover, God's patience is exhausted. That's why I told you that God has feelings. God has deep burnings within Him. I wonder how long His forbearance and His patience is at times with nations. Especially the one we live in. Here's another point their punishment was inevitable. You got to grab hold of this and you got to eat the whole word. If you're that person, you need to beware. If you want to hurdle over the burden of the Lord, you just want to get to the good stuff. I'm not good with that, Brian. I'm a dancer. I just like to dance and enjoy the goodness of God. You're missing something. You're missing a key ingredient of the heart of God. Stay with me. Their punishment was inevitable, and the nation would be destroyed unless they had a change of heart. In Amos in chapter 5, verse 24, the change that God wanted, he wanted to let justice roll down like water, like a river, and righteousness like a mighty stream. Wow. So there's visions of judgment all throughout Amos. Amos is saying, judgment is coming. There's a finality to all of this. And then after judgment, God is finally going to restore Israel. So what happens is is Amos starts prophesying to these, these nations all around Israel. He starts prophesying to Tyre. Tyre is north of Israel. Boy, you better grab hold of this. He starts prophesying to Damascus in the north. He starts prophesying to Ammon. He starts prophesying to Moab. He starts uh, prophesying to Gaza, to the south. But Israel's right in the center. What is he doing? He's painting a bullseye all around Israel. And he's saying, guess what? God is going to deal with you. And you're not going to be able to escape it. God's going to deal with you. You think you can just go on and run amok and do what you want. God's going to deal with you. So now, here's another thing that Amos brings up. He starts amplifying this prophetic message about exposing their religious hypocrisy. God is sick of their worship services. Whoa. God's tired of them coming together. He's tired of their feast days. He starts prophesying about this. Why? Why was God upset with them? Because he wanted righteousness and justice. You need to write it down tonight. The cry of God's heart, he wanted to see out of Israel I wanna see righteousness and I wanna see justice. This was coming out of the heart of God. When we were dancing before the Lord last week as a tribe and a company, as we were dancing upon injustice, I'm telling you, the arrows of the Lord's deliverance. What's being thrown out of this house all over this country. You need to grab hold of this. God is burning. There's a burning in God's heart. I want to see righteousness. I want to see justice flow down like a mighty river. See, that ain't sweet little Jesus floating around in a white nightie looking like Brad Pitt. Long flowing blonde hair, blessing, floating around blessing people. No, no, no. No, that's the intensity of the lion. That's the lion's roar. Show me righteousness. It's kind of like the Lord saying, jump. And on the way up, we say, "How high?" I want righteousness. I want justice. Listen, guys. Oh, my gosh. Lord, open our eyes. That's why the ecclesia, the church that Jesus is building in this hour, you keep hearing the beating of the drum. Let there be righteousness. Let there be justice. Let it be exposed. My God church, I'm going to come and get you tonight. Let there be righteousness. There's a phony church that's doing everything else. There's a phony, shallow, superficial church in America. They're staying as far away as they can from the beating of the drums, crying out. They're playing all their cards safe. And all the while, God's saying, you give me righteousness in the earth. You be a person that prays and declares my justice in the earth. You be a man of God that prays my righteous retribution into the earth. The very foundation of my throne, Psalm 89 verse 14, is what? Righteousness and justice. I'm just starting to preach. I'm telling you what, it's like fire in my bones. And I didn't plan on going this hog wild. (laughs) Jesus, help me. I'm trying. (laughs) Amos gets real practical in his prophesying. I want you to grab hold of this. He says the way that you treat your neighbor reveals your relationship with God. The way that you treat your neighbor reveals your relationship with God. You better hang on to your seats tonight, guys. I'm going somewhere. God's taking me there. Jesus said, Matthew 22, he said, what is what is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind and strength. What is the second greatest commandment? Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Grab hold of this tonight. I'm going to circle back around to that. (laughs) Amos 5. I want you to look at something. Amos 5, verse 21. Are you there? Shout if you're there. All right. Shout when you're there. Come on. Amos 5, 21. Here's God. I hate, I despise your feast days. And I do not savor your sacred assemblies. Though you offer me burnt sacrifices and your grain offerings, I'll not accept them. Nor will I regard your fattened peace offerings. Take away from me the noise of your songs. woo Gee, that'll stop you in your tracks. Take away your noise, the noise of your songs, for I will not hear... The melody of your stringed instruments, but let justice run down like water, and righteousness like a mighty stream. I want to read this to you for a second out of the message translation. Can I do that? Great. Three of you. Thank you. Thank you. The message translation. Listen to these words. I can't stand your religious meetings. I'm fed up with your conferences and your, con- your conventions. I want nothing to do with your religious projects, your pretentious slogans, and your goals. I'm so sick of your fundraising schemes, your public relations, and your image making. I've had all I can take with your noisy ego music. When was the last time you sang to me? Do you know what I want? This is God. Do you know what I want? I want justice and oceans of it. I want fairness and rivers of it. That's what I want. And that's all I want. Oh, you got to grab a hold of this. God showed the prophet the people had no love for their neighbors. They had no compassion for their neighbors. They were taking care of themselves. They were self-centered. They were so self-absorbed, so self-centered. They couldn't see anyone else. I want you to grab a hold of this picture tonight. Israel thinks they're living in an unparalleled time of wealth, prosperity. They're getting what they want. And God raises up a humble shepherd in the Southland, full of fire in his belly. And takes the journey into Jerusalem to cry out against them and say, God's coming. He's coming with this plumb line. And he's going to measure you up. And if you don't align. With what he has said. You're in trouble. We are coming in. Just serious shaking. Reformation's coming. But it's going to be so messy and so difficult and so painful. And it's going to require us to make massive sacrifices. And I wonder if we can be the people who can bear up under the burden of the Lord let justice roll down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. I'm about ready to close. Righteousness, put it in your notes tonight. It's this Hebrew word tzedaq. Tzedaq. It's T S E D A Q A H and this is what it means. It means to be in right relationship with God and man. This is very important. It's not just being in right standing with God. It's God and man. What is justice? Justice is actually the concrete actions that you take to make right any injustice that is happening. It means that you you rise up and you speak out. It means you become the banner of the Lord. You allow the Lord to take you in His hand and become the banner and say, this is, this is the righteous standard. We're not letting go of it. Hear this tonight. So, 1 Kings chapter 12. Put this in your notes. I can't show you everything tonight. 1 Kings 12. Jeroboam set up two golden calves for the people to worship. Two golden calves for demon gods. The first demon god he demanded that they worship was the demon god of Ashtoreth. The second demon god he demanded that they worship was the demon god called Anat. The third demon god was the, the god of Baal. And what happened was, is when they started worshiping Ashtoreth, when they started worshiping Anat, when they started worshiping Baal, this is what happened. Social injustice broke out everywhere. They forgot about everybody. They were self-absorbed. Self, self-indulgence reigned. Slavery happened. Sexual immorality was happening. They started abusing the poor. Chapter 5, verse 14: God says, Seek me that you may live. Seek me that you may live. I'm going to give you a real big key tonight. 2 Kings chapter 17, put this in your notes, 2 Kings chapter 17. Guys, if we can worship for an hour and a half, you can stay with me. That was pretty weak. I said, if we can worship an hour and a half, then you can stay with me. Some of you, you're about ready to go to sleep. Wake up in Jesus' name. Wake up and receive a word from God. Wake up and receive a word from God. Doesn't feel very pastoral. <laughs> Love you. First Kings seventeen. Let me tell you what happens. Here's a big point: forty years after Amos prophesied, forty years after Amos prophesies, judgment's coming. Guess what? It came. That's exactly what happened. Judgment came to pass. God literally sends in the Assyrian army and defeats Israel and takes them into exile. You know why? There was no repentance. And when there's no repentance, it leads people into bondage. I'm telling you what, man. you got to let the fear of God get in your spirit. You better let the burden of the Lord come upon you for this great nation, my friends. Because if there's no repentance, there's even greater bondage ahead. Wow, this is strong stuff. Eat your vegetables. Take it. It takes Amos nine chapters to get to the good news. Now somebody just sat up. He said, good news. I'm ready for this. (laughs) Yes, Brian. I love how he preaches like this. Finally, it takes Amos nine chapters to get to the, the good news. But he says there's judgment coming. But God's going to actually raise up and restore the tabernacle of David. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But in the meantime, God had to deal with serious issues. He wanted mercy to triumph over judgment. I want to say that again. God wanted mercy to triumph over judgment. And that's why God sent Jesus. So that mercy could triumph over judgment. I want you to write this down tonight. This is a big point. We have to learn, we have to learn that true worship should always lead to justice. We have to learn that true worship will always lead to justice and righteousness and loving our neighbor. We're not going to be the church that just dances before the Lord, takes our flags, gets wild shouts. We're going, to get, we're going to be the tribe and the people. Amen? Amen? We're going to be the tribe and the people who get before God, access the throne. We shout. We dance. But when we go out of here, we're going to speak the word of the Lord in love. We're going to be firm. We're going to be strong. We're going to be resilient. And we're not going to back down. And you know what? You can love people with tough love. I'm going to say that again. You can love people with tough love. It doesn't have to be all roses. Again, it's amazing. People people want all the inheritance without going through the blood. They want all the inheritance without going through repentance. That day's over. It's been long over. Somebody just has to say it. That's why I'm saying it. (laughs) What are the odds? That's why I'm saying it. Worship should lead us to a revelation of loving God and loving people. Worship, listen, our relationship with God, it actually manifests in how we love people. The test of every revelation, the test of every revelation that God gives you will be tested in the soil of relationships. You can't say you love God And then you go out and you mistreat people. Here's this is big. Gosh, help me, Lord. The foundation of God's throne is what? Say it two words. It's say it again. It's and where is the throne of God? The throne of God is right here. You have become the ark of his glory. You are the ark of his presence. You have become the throne of the Lord. And God is saying, this is what I want from you. I want justice and righteousness to flow out of your life. I want justice and righteousness to flow out of you so strong. You become a living, breathing example of my my presence, my my living presence within you. That that you would pray, let it be on earth as it is. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, where on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus would have never told us to pray that way if it were not possible. So, is His throne. In heaven? Oh, absolutely. It's in heaven. But guess what? It's also within you. And that means in the earth realm, he is desiring, like a mighty stream, like a mighty river, righteousness and justice begins to pour out of you to this generation. You know, oh, oh Brian, that was great. Oh, my God, he's going to say something hard. Prophets have to be ready for the backlash. You know what I mean? Prophets went forth and they decreed and declared the word of the Lord and people blew them off. Wrote them off. Hey, Amos, go back to where you came from. Go eat some bread down there in Judah. You're out of your jurisdiction. You're out of your lane. You need to be quiet. Who made you the new shepherd in town, Amos? It means you gotta be ready for the backlash. You gotta be ready for rejection. You have to be obedient to say what God says, my friend, whether they listen to you or not. You gotta be. You need to hear the lion roar, and when you hear the lion roar, he will make you a voice, he will make you start prophesying. But it doesn't mean. They're just going to listen to you. I got to tell you the hard stuff. I've had plenty of people tell me exactly what they thought, they even use sign language. <laughs> I'm being nice. How does all of this apply to us, Brian? Where are you going with all this? Well, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked. And I'm wrapping it up right now. Injustice is permeating the world right now. My God, church, all you got to do is look north to Canada. All you got to do is look north to Canada. Injustice is permeating the world. And what's terrible is that Christians often turn a blind eye to all this stuff. They don't even want to talk about it. They want to just get in church tomorrow morning on Sunday, sing a few good songs. But all the while, God's like, "Okay, thanks for your worship service. Yeah, you didn't engage in what I'm crying out for in the earth. I'm demanding righteousness and justice. I think you're getting it tonight. See, because if if we just do religious stuff and we don't stand up and be a beacon for God, if we don't become a voice, I'm going to tell you what, all of this will just ring hollow. It'll ring religious if we don't stand up now and be counted as real men of God, real women of God. Take our stand even in your own families. Even in your own families. You're going to have to stand bold and strong. You're going to have to stand your territory and your turf. You're going to have to keep being a man of God and Praise the Lord. (laughs) How many of you find yourself (laughs) falling into this trap at times, whether prioritizing prayer or doing righteous acts? I'm talking about having prayer with action, with righteous action. It's not either or, it's both and. Prayer is paramount. Prayer is everything. But if you don't take your prayers and put them on legs, take your faith and put them on legs and go speak and decree and release and touch people. You see what I'm saying? Is this making sense? Is this connecting? Hmm. (laughs) All right. I'm going to leave that alone. These last two points can turn into another hour. <laughs> you, know, you know how in worship we wait on the Lord? You know how in worship you watch me leave the seats and I go up there and we just kind of linger and wait on. It's, co- it's not because we don't know what to do. But it's because we don't know what to do. <laughs> Some of you just got that bing. Sometimes when I'm preaching and I'm really wondering if this is connecting. Cuz sometimes it's like sometimes it's like the word can just hit people right in the forehead and bounce off and it's rolling around. Rolling around the floor like marbles. We were we were at the movies one night years ago. Me and Bren, Josiah, Victoria, Hugo? Is that what it was? We're in Lakewood Ranch. This is a great story. (laughs) I've got the mic. (laughs) It's a great story. I'm sitting here. Bren is sitting here. Josiah, Victoria. Bren's got this economy size mega bag of peanut M&Ms. Glory to God. I was excited. I was like, those are mine. Glory to God. I'm calling those into my life. I see, you can see, you know, the screen is gone, and, and it's, the movie's starting, and and there's just the light off of the screen. It's really dark, and I see Brynn's hands. I kind of look over, and I see her hands, and she grabs a hold of that bag, and she's like, and then her hands go, and I go, and those M&Ms pour like a volcano, right, Josiah? Pour up like a volcano, all over her lap, and, and, and how many of you have been to the Lakewood Ranch Cinema? It's in stairs, and there's no carpet, and those m and went down, and then went down, and then went down, and then went down, and now they're on the main floor, and they're rolling all over. It was quite a moment. We laughed about that this week. Sometimes I'm trying to watch and observe what God is doing. And and my my great hope is that this isn't bouncing off of you. This is connecting to you. Because this is where I feel I need to wrap it up. God is calling us to be a burden bearer. When Steve held this up, and I know Steve and Tanya are watching right now from Michigan. When he held this up, this plumb line, and he said, God has made you guys a plumb line to this city and this region. It wasn't just a word for Brian and Bren, although it is a very, very personal word for Brian and Bren. Because God spoke to me when he told us to move here. He said, I'm not sending you to that city to be respectable. I'm sending you there to be responsible for the spiritual destiny of that region. That can sound really haughty and arrogant unless God really said it to you. God said, I'm not sending you there to be respectable. I'm sending you there to be responsible for the spiritual destiny of that region. And I'm telling you what, It has beat the living daylights out of me. In a way that I can't even explain to you, I don't have words to explain it. I have oceans of tears and my wife knows it. To try to explain it. God is wanting to make us. You a burden bearer. He wants to lay his heart on you. He wants to put his emotions on you, his heart, his feelings, his desires, his dream. And if he does it, it'll burst you open. Some of us really fight to hold back our feelings. We fight the tears. We fight what's really happening because sometimes it's just like a volcano in us. And sometimes you come in here and you try to keep that packaged up. You shouldn't you shouldn't this is the place where you need to let it burst this is where you need to let your passions grow and your passions burst for god and get possessed with his feelings get possessed with his heart let him lay his heart on you so that you start feeling what god feels you want to you want god to open your your ears so you start hearing the cry coming up out of this region you start hearing the cry of the injustice, the injustice in this region, the sex trafficking in this region, the abuse happening in this region, the pharmaceutical bondage over people's life in this region. So I want to pray tonight that we would take this very soberly and serious. We would become the burden bearers of the Lord. And I pray that you'll be courageous and pray with me right now. I want you to stand tonight. Josiah, if you'll go ahead and put that on for me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For God surely does nothing in the earth unless he reveals it to his servants, the prophets. Oh, my God. A lion has roared. Who will fear? The Lord God has spoken. Who could but prophesy? Lord, we care about your heart. Jesus, we care about your heart. Lord, please share your heart with us. Lord, please yoke yoke us to your burden. For Sarasota, for the region, Lord, for Florida, for America, for the nations. Yoke us to your burden. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Teach us the realms of intercession. Teach us the pathway, Lord, into deep prayer so that we can experience miracles with you. Miracles for a city. Miracles over a region. National. Miracles awaiting us. Come on, lift your hands tonight. National, national miracles awaiting us, Lord. Regional miracles awaiting us, Lord. Right here in this city, right in the streets, in the house and then out on the streets, miracles. Carriers of the burden of the Lord. Lord, raise up. Men of God in this house to be burden bearers. Raise up women of God in this house to be burden bearers. Increase, Lord, our spiritual weight as we wait upon you. Increase our spiritual weight. Let us put on spiritual muscle in this house, Lord, to bear up under the weight that you want to give us. The weight of your glory. The weight of your dream. The weight of your purpose. The weight of your purpose. The weight of your power. The weight of your power. Let it be, Lord. Let it be. I pray, Lord, that we would be like Amos, that we would hear you roar, and we wouldn't even be able to help it. We would begin to prophesy. We would begin to speak what you tell us to speak. Say what you tell us to say. Go where you tell us to go. Declare what you tell us to declare. Not second-guess you, Lord. Not second guess you, but start moving in your authority. Don't be distracted right now, dear friend. Don't be distracted. This is not the time to be distracted. Jesus. Lord, I pray you would would mantle the church with your heart. Lay your heart upon us. Would you just, if, if you desire that, I ask you to pray it tonight. If you desire that, I ask you to pray that tonight. If you desire it, Lord, share your heart with me. Share your your feelings with me. Share the burden with me, Lord. Share it with me that I may carry it with you, walk with you, see it birth, see it brought to a reality. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Lord. I oh, shh. Lord, I ask that you would place even the burden. The burden, Lord, for the miracle house where we belong in this region to rest. Rest on us. Rest on us. Rest on us, Lord, that we would pray. That we would pray, that we would fast, that we would give, that we would pray, that we would fast, that we would give, that we would call it in. We'd see it take on manifestation, a reality, Lord. Miracles. Miracles, 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 miracles. Hallelujah. I feel I want to share this and, and if I could have you look this way for a moment. my wife and I pioneered a church in this region. We were here for nearly 10 years. God called us to Dallas, Texas. We were basing out of Christ for the Nations Institute with Dutch Sheets. Dutch was the director at that time, and the Lord called us, opened the doors for us, uprooted us out of the city. We turned over that church. That church went a, a very different direction under that new leadership. It's sad to say, So, during that first almost ten years, I'm going to be. Can I be vulnerable with you? Seriously, can I? There were many times. I re- I remember when our church went from 200 to nearly 450. I remember the growth. I remember the swell. I re- I remember the excitement. I remember being on the brink of a property. <laughs> and something changed and something happened. Drastically happened where we didn't get the property. We were in a tent. An outdoor tent. 500 seat tent. Renting porta potties. Renting outdoor lighting. Out in the rain. Worshipping God. Didn't know where we were going. It was hard. It was real hard. I can't even explain to you how hard it was to walk out of a property that we were supposed to get. Here's my point. There were many times in that first 10 years, I would feel like, God, please, God, are the people grabbing hold of the burden of the Lord for this city and region? Or are they just coming to the church watching me preach? Listening to me preach, listening to me thunder, and walking away and not carrying the burden. I wrestled all the time with it. I wrestled all the time with it. And then I would see God giving some that would be bold, courageous, take hold of it. Others that just applaud say amen, walk away. Now, we're in a new time. We're in a new time. This isn't the old, is it? It's not the old time. This is the new time. And amazingly, God called us back to Sarasota, stunned us, offended us, offended us. God gave my wife a prophetic dream. Are we still rolling? Are we still alive? We're still good? I want the people to hear this. God gave my wife a prophetic dream about us returning here. I'm not even gonna go into the details of it. But boy, it shook us up. It was hard. We came back to this city. We lived in an RV parked right next to this church for three months. It was hard. God, what are you doing? What are you doing? What do you want us to do? I was flying in and out speaking at conferences. I was flying in and out and going to Washington, D.C. Then I went to Israel with Steve. And when I was in the city of David, God spoke to me about what I had authorization to do in this city. About getting back to his original intention and the original dream that he had given me that we would establish an apostolic beachhead. And he blessed me and told me to do it. And four years later, here we are. Here we are. And I want to say to you tonight, I, I, I want to be, I want to just be bold with you, as I am. It's time. It's time. For everybody to take hold of the burden of the Lord, it's time for everybody to take hold of this vision. Now, I'm not saying that because I'm afraid. Like, oh man, uh, who's really? No, 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 no. I'm telling you, it, this is imperative. We are at a crossover moment because if you don't get this now, if you don't grab a listen, if you don't grab a hold of this right now when we come into the blessing and you didn't grab a hold of this you could be blown out of it because you didn't go through the sacrifice of bearing up under the burden and now you just think you're in celebration in la la land and you're going to be dancing and dancing but you never paid the price this is a hard word most shepherds will never talk to anyone like this because they're scared to death because people will take they'll walk right out the door they'll take their tithes and offerings with them I'm not worried about it I'm not worried about it God's building this house but if you don't take hold of the burden there could be some turbulence I implore you tonight, take hold of it Y'all okay? I mean, really, are you okay for me talking to you like this? It's hard, isn't it, Brent? But it's the truth. It's the truth. I'm going to close with this word. Everybody, please look this way and don't be distracted. I'm telling you, awakening and revival will cost you everything. I'm going to close with this. It will cost you everything. You think it's just going to cost Brian his reputation? Oh, no. It's going to cost you everything to endure. What God wants to do, the weight of God's glory that He wants to pour out on us is going to require that we sell out completely. We sell out completely. It cost Jesus everything. Why in the world that we, we would think that it cost Jesus everything, but it, it's not going to cost us everything to follow the Lord? Are you kidding me? But that's what the silly gospel in America has taught everybody. It's going to cost us. And Now is the time that you take hold of the burden of the Lord. I think I've been very clear with that. It's serious stuff because we're coming into an epic time of shaking, but also into an epic time of victory and triumph. Incredible outpouring of the Spirit of God. The greatest... Hallelujah! The greatest days of church history are not behind us. They're just ahead, they're just ahead. Greatest miracles we've ever seen. Greatest miracles we've ever seen in history. Greatest miracles, greatest healings, greatest breakthroughs, greatest deliverance. Deliverance. You read the book of Acts? You read the book of Acts? Remember Saul? He was a terrorist. He was a religious terrorist. He had an encounter with the Lord. It's going to surprise us in this hour who's going to come to the Lord. You know what? I'm telling you, I've been praying for Joe Rogan. I've been praying for Bill Maher. <laughs> it's just a couple amens in the house. I can see that. I'm talking about radical people having an encounter with God that have some of the greatest, they've got some of the greatest influence. A sweeping revival. This is the time guys. So here's what I'm asking tonight. We're not going to ask the prayer team to come forward. We're going to open these altars for you to be with God. It's late. You need to get kids. We need to get the kids. And we do. But if you want to spend time with the Lord lingering tonight and saying, God, I want you to teach me your ways and I want to become a burden bearer of the Lord. I'm going to tell you guys, I mean, I I, I turn 50 next year. When I was a kid, when I was letting this word out of Amos get into my young heart, I didn't know what all it was gonna cost me. All I knew was that I wanted God to talk to me and tell me secrets and tell me his heart. And I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. And I'm asking you, guys, be courageous in this hour. Ask God for his heart. Ask him. Lord, put your burden for America on me. Put your burden for Sarasota on me. Put your burden for Charlotte County, for Sarasota County, Manatee County. Put your burden on me for Florida. Put your burden on me for the nations. Put your burden on me for Israel. He'll do it. He'll do it. In the name of Jesus, I bless you tonight. I bless you. I remind you tonight, you are a man of God. You are a woman of God. You are chosen in God. You are powerful in God. I said you are powerful in God. I speak over you. You will hear the roaring of the lion. You will become a mighty voice for God. The word of the Lord will cause your belly to tremble. You will become a mouthpiece of God. The anointing of the Spirit of God will flow out of your belly like a river. You will be a man of righteousness, of justice. You will be a woman of God that flows out righteousness and justice to a wicked and perverse generation. I call you higher. I call you up, man of God. I call you up to the ascended place god has called you to this night i say be bold be strong for the lord your god is with you in jesus name amen good night everybody the altars are open good night we love you Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at VictoryFLA.com or download the Victory FLA app.